You are listening to Storytelling with a Purpose, a Memory Fox production. I'm one of your hosts, Celine Krizan. And I'm Carly Euler, and I'm so excited to tell you about our March theme here at Memory Fox. This month, we are talking about peer-to-peer fundraising, all things having to do with empowering your volunteers, your supporters, your board, your staff to make sure that they feel equipped to tell their own stories to help you meet your fundraising goals. Celine, what do you think about peer-to-peer fundraising? I mean, I personally find it one of the most fun ways to fundraise. I think it's one of the most engaging ways. And with the tips you're going to get from our content this month, you are going to be, wow, there's a lot of different ways to engage with your audience um, and a lot of ways to be creative as well. Yeah, and I think one thing that people really love, especially about peer-to-peer fundraising, is it really does give you a chance to tell your personal story Mm -hmm. and why you support the nonprofit that you're supporting. And I mean, those are the stories people really want to hear. And we all know that. Everybody knows that, but we need to make sure that you have the tools. And that really connects to what we're talking today about with Christy Wolf. And Christy is going to give you a lot of perspective on how you can use digital storytelling. But what I took away from it, Carly, I love that one line of, I want to hear about our organization from your perspective. And that's exactly what P2P fundraising is all about. Yeah, so let's get into it. Christy Wolf is a digital storytelling facilitator, photographer, and wolf pack warrior. She believes there's beauty in every story, and she champions real stories in marketing and communication. Christy exposes the human side of an organization with consideration for ethics in storytelling, as well as storyteller wellness every step of the way. As a common language DST certified facilitator, Christy's digital storytelling process help social purpose organizations share meaningful stories, turning their unique experiences into compelling narratives that inspire action. Our team had the pleasure of meeting Christy at last year's Nonprofit Storytelling Conference, where I'm sure we'll see her again this year. Christy, welcome to Storytelling with a Purpose. Thank you so much. I do have my ticket for this year's conference already in hand. (laughs) Great, great. We'll make sure that we meet up because I will be there. We'll be um, doing lots of really fun stuff there. So I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Um, But yeah, hey, we're so glad to have you here. I I say let's jump right in. You ready, Sonia? I'm in. Let's Let's do do it. it. Let's do it, Carly. Let's just get going here. First, can you please just share with us a little bit about your background? How did you get into storytelling? Yeah, great question. So I was uh, I was a teacher for 13 years. I taught grade one, I taught grade seven, I taught students with learning disability. And uh, during that time, I had my own son. Uh, I have two boys now, but my oldest was eight weeks early in the NICU. I had taken a camera course and I was just like practicing taking photos. And I found that I was spending a lot of time documenting what life was like for us in the hospital which kind of transferred over into photographing um, for Ronald McDonald House. Just as a volunteer, once a month, I would meet up with a family either in hospital or at at Ronald McDonald House in Edmonton and photograph their family. And I just found that I was starting to tell more and more stories about what it's like to have this experience. Oh, wow. I actually, um, right before this, I was watching one of your videos that you put together about um, not going to the hospital one day and, and kind of having to let go mm-hmm. and let yeah. your husband 
and that was a really beautiful story. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, that was I, um, a story that was, so, I mean, he's 10 now. So that's digital. Wow. That was the very first digital story I'd ever done. I'd always put like photographs together in like a slideshow with some music behind it and was like, yeah, great. That's a story. But once I learned about digital storytelling from common language, digital storytelling's perspective, it totally changed how I put images together. So thank you for sharing that. Can you please tell us more about that transition you made and how powerful that has been ever since? Yeah. So I had, I've always had kind of a photography side business. It was a blog. I photographed for other families. I did, I did some work with it, but, um, when I found Mike Lang of Common Language Digital Storytelling, it kind of changed everything that I was doing. I thought I'll do this training. I'll figure out what it's all about. Um, and see how it like supports what I'm already doing. And I am totally now down this digital storytelling, uh, I don't know, rabbit hole, I guess you would say. Um, so Common Language Digital Storytelling is founded by Mike Lang, who is a PhD. He's got his PhD in digital storytelling in the healthcare setting. So he's really set up to work with caregivers and patients and staff to tell stories in healthcare. Um, what I love about that is that then he has all of the ethics in place. like. So there's been so much work put into the back end of making sure that a digital storyteller, their storyteller well-being is front and center, um, conversations around the ethics of what happens with a story, who owns a story, all of those pieces come in. Now, I did my original training, my level one training with Mike, which means that I co-create digital stories. So one-on-one. So it might be with um, a volunteer from an organization. It might be somebody that has a personal story that they want to share. Um, there's been kind of a lot of different iterations of what a digital story might be. And then I also have done my level two training, which means that I do workshops. So I will bring six people together, either virtually or in person, and have them work through the same process, but where they're all telling their own digital story. So when we co-create, it's like I'm the editor and the person I'm working with is the director. Whereas when we're in a workshop setting, everyone is working on their own digital story. So Christy, let's go back and let's dive into really doing digital storytelling one-on-one. So could you walk us through first your process of how you do it and then give us some tips for how us as nonprofit marketers could do it ourselves? Yeah. So all of the common language digital storytellers follow the same process. It's a form, not a formula. So there's a lot of room for making it your own. Um, But those four steps are finding the story telling the story, crafting the story, and sharing the story. And sharing the story being a really important part of how you're getting that story out, whether it is just to a particular family or whether it's more public for an organization. Um, If I was working, if you and I were working on a story, we would set up our first kind of session Each time I work with somebody, it's two hours, um, and we work together four times for two hours each. The first time in the find the story section, we're just thinking about what story it is you want to tell. Often, if it's with an organization, we will be thinking about um, what message they're trying to get across, who the audience is, but it needs to be from a personal lens. It's not a marketing or communications Mm -hmm. about what's so great about the organization. It is literally, here's why this person is involved. So it might be a volunteer or a board member or a participant from one of the programs. It can be all of these different perspectives. It doesn't just need to be that end user story. 
Um, so we'll spend time thinking about moments. What is it about this organization that's really important to you? Why are you still connected to them? Why do you keep coming back? That kind of thing. And honestly, the first two hours is just working through possible moments, things that stand out for them. And at the end of that, I will ask them to write their draft so that the next time we work together, we'll spend time working through their written draft, um, figuring out what it is that we're going to end up voice recording for them. The third time we work together, we start with that voice recording and then we start inputting images. It could be personal images. It could be stock images. It could be video clips to kind of fit the story that they're telling. Now, we know that the images don't have to exactly say the same thing. So it might be that the images are showing one part of the story while the voice is telling another part of the story. So spending a lot of time over the course of working with somebody about all of those little pieces. And then the fourth session, hopefully we've got, I mean, it doesn't happen the same at any time that I've ever done it, but um, hopefully we've got all of those images kind of placed and we start working on things like transitions, uh, movement on photos, zooming in, panning, that kind of thing to draw attention where people want it and then adding music in behind. So at that final stage, we've kind of done our four times together and then I spend time in post-production and sending them a couple different drafts so that they can see and make changes before the video is finalized. So one of the things about digital storytelling, like I would always recommend somebody do it with a digital storytelling facilitator, at least for the first time, or do the training so that you have this ability and you have the ethics behind it and the storyteller well-being to really set people up for success because telling stories is hard. Um, and I know we often, and it's happened to me where I've been put on a stage and asked to tell our family story and we don't have any information about it. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who the audience is. Uh, nobody debriefs you after the fact. And, and all of those pieces uh, can play a really big part in telling stories. I'm going to hop in here. Um, I love this process. I love how you have basically walked us through four distinct sessions that are different goals at the end and how um, you take a break in between them. It's not, you're not doing it all in one sitting. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when you work at a nonprofit, when you're and you're the communications person or you're the marketer, you um, feel like you need to get something done for tomorrow. You need yeah. to write something for tonight or uh, something that you're recording in an hour. And I guess, do you have any advice on people maybe prioritizing doing a process like this and working uh, further in advance? Yeah. Well, so the other hat that I wear is I'm the executive director of the Wolfpack Warriors Foundation. And we have four main initiatives that we do throughout the year where we're working to amplify the mission of a uh, local charity. We do gift a digital story when we're doing that. So already in my head, I know we're going to have four digital stories this year. I expect it to take a minimum of two months between people scheduling um, and just like wanting the time to spend looking for visuals that they want to use, writing the draft. Like it can be a really intense process for people. So knowing that when you're doing this type of storytelling, that it is a process. I usually tell people it's going to take 15 to 20 hours for you to finish this, um, especially if it's your first time. So thinking about really giving yourself the time because every step of this involves that storyteller owning the story. This is their story. That also ties into the risk for an organization. So when an organization um, hires me or when I'm doing it for Wolfpack Warriors, I let everybody know that the reality is this story belongs to the storyteller. 
you may fund this story, pay for the story, and we do the whole thing. And then you realize it's not what you were looking for, or it's not, um, or the storyteller doesn't want to share it. And that happens. It actually hasn't happened to me, but laying that groundwork so people all understand that that is a risk in this kind of storytelling. You're not telling them, we need a story about this. You're saying, we need a story about our organization from your perspective. Will you please share that story? Um, And so taking some time, usually the first session, if I'm working with a volunteer from an organization, so somebody giving their time, no matter what their connection to the organization is, um, I usually will ask, kind of their lead from the organization to be on the meeting. So we can be talking about what are the expectations from the organization? What are you hoping for? So that the storyteller is hearing it, but then they're also putting in their own perspective on it. So it's kind of two, you're working on two different levels there. Um, And I honestly think that every story that I've worked on with anybody has always had maybe a different impact than they thought it was going to have, but it's always been a huge benefit. And that last part of the digital storytelling process from common language is really sharing the story. And is it creating a virtual screening so that people within the organization get to hear the story and have the opportunity to talk to the storyteller? Um, We often will put on like, for example, tonight, which is probably that won't make sense. We often put on a, um, story screening just kind of once every couple months so that different storytellers can come together we interview the storyteller ask them to share their story everybody watches it and then we have some discussion about what resonated for people from the story so it might not be that yeah it is really my favorite part so I've done some in person here in town we've done some virtually uh people can connect with me if they'd like to come see it and that's another piece about Digital storytelling can mean a million and seven different things. Like mm-hmm. when when I'm talking about it, it's a two to four minute video that a storyteller writes, they voice, they find the images, and they put the music behind it. Two to four minutes. That's it. So having the opportunity to share those stories, and not everybody does. Many people keep them private. Not many people, but some people choose that they're just doing this as a personal story for themselves to work through the pro- the process um, and just maybe share with their family. So if they're not connected to an organization, like you have a lot of different choices about how you do this. But what I like about the screenings is that you pull other people can watch and get an idea of what it is before they jump in. We also often offer info sessions. So once every two months, I will put on a free info session where people can just come learn and see if this is a fit. But I do want to kind of say, I wouldn't just jump in and do this. There is a lot that goes into the back end and either work with somebody to try out the digital storytelling, take the level one training with common language digital storytelling, because there are so many things that I thought I was a really solid storyteller that I had not considered. I love how you said, Christy, though, I want to pull something back. You said, we want a story about our organization from your perspective. I think that in simple, just simple language to think about that, I could apply that today. I think that's so powerful. Um, and you keep talking a lot about storyteller well-being. Yeah. Uh, let's Let's dig into that. Educate us. Yeah. So like I said before, we have this idea of putting a storyteller on the stage and asking them to tell their story and retell their story or tell their story again. And that can be re-traumatizing in of, of itself. So the idea with digital storytelling is that you're creating a story that can be used again um, because it's recorded for one thing. So for example, I have um, 
a digital story with the founder of an organization here in the Rocky Mountains called Rocky Mountain Adaptive. And he tells the story of how the organization got started, but it ties into his personal reasons for that. And that has to do with his sister, Claire. And so he talks all about Claire, but right at the end, you find out that Claire has died. And so that's not an easy story to tell. You don't want to put yourself in that position all the time, retelling a story that is Mm -hmm. difficult. And so they use that story in fundraising. They've used it at events. They've used it in their newsletter. They use it to onload, like on onboard um, volunteers and uh, staff to their organization, new board members. So it's really getting this idea across without telling that same story over and over. And I think that is really one part of the storyteller well-being thing is getting it across that the person doesn't need to keep telling the story over and over. The process of telling a digital story can be like, it can be really hard. It can bring up a lot of emotions and it depends on the story you're telling. I tell stories about our medical journey often, um, which are stories that I've presented in different conferences, but um, when you're really sitting there thinking about, well, which words do I want to use? Um, how do I want to say that? What images show that? Which images do I feel like I have the right to use? Because often my son is involved in the stories that I'm telling. So I am running things by him and making sure that he's comfortable because a big tenant in digital storytelling is doing no harm. So no harm to him, no harm to the organization that I might be talking about. Really that intention of using images, using words that are going to get a story across without causing problems for people. I love that. I think that there is a huge movement right now um, with people focusing more on doing no harm when it comes to storytelling. Um, I would even say probably five years ago, people weren't even talking about this and it's just so important to keep this message out there. Um, Yeah. So thank you for being a leader in that space. Well, absolutely. Um, That's the, like, that's the incredible part of it. I also find that I always share a story that's personal to me because I'm not going to ask somebody else to do it without showing a part of myself Mm -hmm. as well. So anytime I present on it, I'm using one of my digital stories almost as a bio to get to know me a little bit better. And I know, uh, Jamie, the story that I was just talking about with Rocky Mountain Adaptive also will do that. Here's an intro to the organization and me. And now let's keep going. That's amazing. That was a wonderful story um, about Jamie. And then also thank you for sharing your stories. We do want to know though, Can you tell us a story of one person who has inspired you, a story that you haven't shared yet? Oh, so I, um, it's a tough one. We know there's so many stories. One of our favorites. It's there's lots that have been shared, but, um, I think what's really interesting is this Friday, I am getting on a plane. I'm going to Uganda, uh, with Mike and we're going to work with, healthcare providers in Uganda to tell healthcare stories there at a grassroots level. And so this is actually a story that has not happened yet, but I am so excited and I'm looking forward to learning what the process looks like in Uganda. And then I have to be honest, it sounds like fangirl, but I love what Mike does. Like I've read his PhD, the way he thinks about digital storytelling is just open things up for me in a totally different way. So getting to work with him on this and watch how he works with level one trainers um, and how he works with people to support their storytelling. I know that I will get a lot out of that experience um, without it being an actual story that I'm creating. Does that make sense? 
Of course. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I'm particularly interested in what you're going to bring back for st- in terms of stories and experiences from Uganda. I'm looking forward to connecting yeah. with you on that. Maybe we could even do a little follow-up episode or something. We yeah, we want to hear how it goes. Well, I and so one of the things that's happening is they are bringing, they're, they're producing a film um, from this experience as well. So maybe that's something that we can also come back to and look at this film of what what happens while we're doing this digital storytelling but yeah Uganda I taught there my very first year of teaching 17 years ago I taught in Uganda so this is like full circle right now that's incredible I actually uh, have lived in Kenya before and I have um, studied abroad in Kenya and I've gone to Uganda before so um, I just particularly I'm I'm particularly inspired by this part of your story Well, and that's one of the things that we talk a lot about, like that commonality. When you tell a story, you don't have to have the same perspective. You don't have to have the same journey, but you're going to find something that resonates from with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we screen stories, like often it'll be four totally different stories, like maybe a medical parent, maybe uh, somebody who's new to Canada. It could be anything. But each time we take a break. We talk about with the audience what resonated for you in this story. And it's just an opportunity. Like, it's not the people that you would normally maybe be sitting around with telling your story. And so you're getting these ideas from people that are just totally different. And I think that is a really incredible way to share our experiences with different people. Christy, to wrap us up, do you have one final piece of advice for those of us who want to be better digital storyteller practitioners? Yeah, I think, and I've been learning this lately, when you're learning a new process, don't jump in the deep end. Start with a story that isn't like a trigger for you or super emotional. Try it out with something that is um, maybe something a little more positive, maybe something that's not the hardest story that you're working through. So my first story was about leaving my son with my husband at the children's hospital so that I could do the training and just making sure to take care of my mental health. That was pretty intense to kind of jump in with. And I find um, maybe slow that down a little bit and, and practice on something that's not as hard. Thank you, Christy. How can we connect with you? How can we support you and your journey? Yeah. So Instagram is my favorite place. It's annoying to put videos up on, but Christy care, I S T Y dot Wolf Wolf is with an E. Um, so I'm on all the social media platforms, but also take a look at what common language digital storytelling is doing. They're also there. I will share that with you guys. So you can put it in the show notes, both those links. And, uh, I would take a look at the case study of Rocky Mountain Adaptive. So the digital story that they did, along with one of the participants' parents, did a digital story. So you can kind of see perspectives from two different sides of of an organization. Thank you again, Christy, for being here. We love talking with you and safe travels. Please bring back many stories for us. We can't wait to hear. Yeah. And we'll see you in the fall in San Diego. Oh, yeah. That'll be delightful. Thanks, ladies. Thank you for listening to Storytelling with a Purpose, a Memory Fox production. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, or feedback for Celine or I, please let us know. Just head to storytelling.memfox.io slash pod. We'll put the link in the show notes. And we would just really love to hear from you. Happy storytelling, everyone. Keep telling great stories.